Welcome to the 15 Minutes with a Farmer podcast from Successful Farming. I'm your host, David Ekstrom. I think a lot of farmers fall short of knowing where their profitability line is, and that's why they struggle with grain marketing. That's why we're such lousy grain marketers. We never know where our profitability line is. Today, I'm talking with Stuart and Autumn Major. Stuart has worked to make things better than he found it by implementing sustainability-minded management practices. In each episode, I have a quick 15-minute conversation with a farmer to hear their story and share the advice we can all learn from them. I'm 37. I'd be uh, one, two, three, fourth-generation farmer. Um, we farm 3,200 acres here in west-central Indiana. Um, we've got a small excavating business and a small trucking business as well. We custom farm 1,400 acres also. As far as Autumn, is, she is a... Uh, I think she keeps me moving forward every day and and keeps everything uh, straight, helps with all the paperwork, helps with all the books. Sometimes I need to be reminded I've told someone I'm going to be there. (laughs) And uh, she's my walking day planner. As far as uh, our farm's concerned, I'm 50% of the decisions. My brother's the other 50%. Nothing really varies too much on my brother and I's opinion. We're we're pretty much in sync on, on things. On the custom side of it, we help that particular farmer um, make his chemistry program, his uh, fertility program. We do all his um, spraying, his planting, um, and his, uh, say, fungicide applications or any, any extra fertility he may want. Um, and then we custom harvest usually half of his crop for him. My actual main job is I'm a crop insurance agent here locally. So that's what I do most of the time. <laughs> and then like Stuart said, I um, keep the books and kind of try to keep him in line. And then my role is, especially during spring and fall, uh, go get parts, <laughs> run people around, help them move equipment, feed them, do all the random things that hopefully keep things flowing better. And that keeps me about as busy as I want to be most of the time. I am proud to say that Every day of harvest, this woman brings us a hot meal every day for supper. It's it's awesome. The crew loves it. Yeah, that keeps everybody going too. Um, did you have any uh, mentors growing up? Yes, um, actually, the picture behind me is a picture of uh, of my grandpa. He was an uh, Indiana State corn grower, and um, they won. I think it was in '77. I think there's some heritage there for trying to just keep keep going and being better each year. He was a big farmer in the 80s. We were lucky enough that things worked out and uh, we kept going and we've grown from there. Um, When we got into the trucking business, he wasn't real excited about that. Uh, He hates trucks, hated trucks. He's passed on in 17, but I think he'd be real proud to see where we're at today in 23, 24. Oh yeah, I think so too. Impressive operation. I, I read in the article you are work with sustainability on your farm. We believe in no-till. We try to no-till everything we can. We're not real big into the cover crops, although we've looked into it, and that's why we're shifted our operation to a little more wheat. And we're getting a little uh, winter cover, I guess you should say. When we work in ground, we're doing it behind our tile plow, and we try to tile every acre we can. And I I believe a lot in that. The carbon credit thing, that's kind of new. We've looked into it and touched on it a few times. Yeah. And what, what type of crops are you farming? We are corn, beans, and wheat, and we help him do the same. 
Okay. Yeah, tell me about the background of, of the farm, like how how did everything get started and Well, my great grandfathers, both on both sides, my mother and father's side, um, they both farmed. And um, then, you know, grandpas and my grandpas were very aggressive farmers. Um, they were big into growing seed corn, um, uh, just very cutting edge guys. And we had a dealership, a tractor dealership, Case International dealership. And I, when I was little, I just, you know, grabbing keys and out there on the lot and in everything. You know, they had demo videos for the trackers for customers to watch. I was taking them out of the store and watching them like a kid watches cartoons. And I'm just fascinated with equipment, fascinated with uh, trying to be in that top 3% and uh, anything and everything. It's just I have a drive for one more bushel, I guess. I think a lot of, a lot of consumers don't really know about how what sustainable practices farmers are doing. What would you want to tell like a, your average consumer out there about what you're doing for sustainability? I think no-till is uh, at the top of the list of, of trying to be sustainable, whether you believe in the carbon credits or you don't, that's something that is very uh, on the conservative side. You, when you see less and less iron making a pass across the field, uh, that's that's something that average person can see and maybe understand. We're using less fuel. We're using uh, less raw materials as far as building equipment or however you want to put it. It's just a lot more conservative approach. And then that plays into your cover crops and maybe for us personally would be wheat in place of that. Sure. Um, so um, kind of shifting gears a little bit, like what's been some of the, biggest challenges and um, and how have you overcome them over the years? The biggest challenge for me being a young producer, uh, I started farming in 05 and my grandpa started cutting back instantly and cutting us in on it. And, but it's been renting ground. Uh, it's very tough, very tough for a young farmer to acquire ground. Uh, I don't know how young people do it without an in somewhere whether you've got friends that are going to retire or neighbors that are going to retire. I mean, to this day at 37, uh, it, it's tough to acquire ground. And in this part of the country, um, ground is very high priced. And, you know, rolling into today from then, it's still hard to acquire ground. Now we're having to do it with extremely high interest. And some people might say, well, that's not high interest compared to the 80s. Well, somebody that's 37 years old, it's high interest when we're used to four to 6%, it's, it's a big shock to us. What's, what do you think has been your biggest accomplishment than working in agriculture on your farm? My biggest accomplishment is I was a wild man growing up. So <laughs> my biggest accomplishment is uh, this place has grown tremendously. And it was a concern. I'm everyone driving by might've thought, Oh, those boys might have a little trouble when they're, when their grandpa, you know, passes on. And we have grown this place. We've doubled in size since 2017. And we have two other businesses now. And we are just very proud of where we sit right now. And the our I think our yields and our fields speak first for themselves that we're really trying and getting after it. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this in the article, but I would say uh, he, he and his brother's biggest accomplishment is that 
Um, not only have they grown, maintained, been profitable, but uh, today they could both look back and say, are we still making our grandpa proud? You know, everything he helped us, you know, he helped them get to where they are. And are they still making him proud? And, and the answer is 1000% yes. He is very proud of, of how hard they work and how good they are at what they do. And I would say that's their biggest accomplishment. What do you think your grandpa would say today if he, if he was here? Sell those trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he would be since 2017 to, to January 2024. The, the equipment thing has changed so much already. And uh, I think he would be shocked at first and then at that. And then if he was to ride in a combine with us and see some of the yields. It, it's it's hard for people still farming today to to fathom what some of us are doing. Yeah. Do you have a lot of technology on your farm? We do. Everything we do is variable rate technology. We variable rate our fertilizer, our seeding, both corn and beans. We side dress every acre of corn. We're a two-pass fungicide operation at V5 and then VT or R1 and we we run a pretty aggressive grain system too to to manage our grain quality. Yeah. So um, when your grandpa was around, what would he say about all the technology back back then? Or because even then, I mean, it was it was much different than it is today. It is, and I would like to think a lot of this came from us. I remember when he bought a brand new eight row Kinsey planter, and it was it was finger pickup and chain drive, and he thought that. The, Thing was just so cool and he had a hard, hard operation in, in uh, 2000 and I don't know if you if you've ever seen check row corn but his chain got loose and he was running an old 826 and he had to stop at the end and raise it because it didn't have enough hydraulic but he's proud of he caught this same year he got his hard operation sitting out there in a cold spring and the chain was skipping on the planter brand new uh -oh. planter. so when you looked at the corn from the road it looked like it was check row. And he said that was his first learning experience uh, with this new eight row Kinsey planter that today we wouldn't, you know, wouldn't think anything about. But he was always, when that Kinsey planter came out, he just thought it was the neatest thing ever. And yeah. it, today, nothing. And then, you know, he were he was always up to date on his combines and always up to date, well, what he thought was up to date on his sprayers. I, I'd like to think that's that was what kept us or taught us to be aggressive and look for the next best efficiency. Yeah. yeah. I think he would probably just shake his head and kind of be blown away at the technology now. And he probably wouldn't even want anything to do with it as far as trying to figure it out, but he would still push them to, oh, yes. to stay, you know, at the cutting edge with technology for sure. Yeah. That's great. Um, so you, you mentioned you're kind of a wild man growing up. Do you have any funny stories? That might, you might need to change your podcast for me. <laughs> Fair enough. I would just, I think he touched on his favorite part of working in agriculture. The, the worst part, the challenges I think are that, that farmers wear so many hats. So there are so many different areas that a farmer has to not only know about or be educated about that, but that a farmer has to be good at and very well educated um, at. And so there's so many uncertainties. And I always say that farmers are, uh, honestly, they're just gamblers every day because 
that's as far as with the, their inputs or grain marketing, which is a huge challenge for most farmers. It's it's all a gamble and so much uncertainty and, and they still get up every day and they have all these uncertainties and everything's constantly changing and um, they got to stay on top of all that. And that, in my opinion, is the biggest challenge. Well, Autumn, just one thing I think I was I just thought of and she she brought it up. One thing every farmer could do for next year and cost zero amount of dollars. And we've we've talked about this a lot is to for that farmer to know what he has in that crop to help with his profitability. And that that changes several times throughout the year. But I, I think a lot of farmers fail fall short of knowing where their profitability line is. And that's why they struggle with grain marketing. And that's something you can work on with your crop insurance agent, uh, your merchandiser, whoever you whoever you work with, whoever your partners are. But I think that is a big thing farmers need to work on because that's why we're such lousy grain marketers. We never know where our profitability line is. Yeah, and it's it's always a struggle to ask for that help too because it is you want it you well, want to keep it confidential and yeah. Right. And the farmers, you asked what their biggest challenges were, but I would say their most hated task. There's two of them. One is making the decision or marketing grain, trying to understand the grain markets. And the second one is their book work or being in the office. I don't have a single customer who enjoys when I call him and say, Hey, we got to sit down and do some <laughs> paperwork. They oh, hate no. being in the office. And um, so I guess what Stuart is saying is one of the, the worst parts of it is you got to buckle down and make sure you do have your inputs figured out and know what your, what your break even is. Because I think 2024 could be a could be a rough year. Just kind of off the wall question here. I, I'm I'm a movie buff myself. Are there any movies or TV shows you're watching this winter, or any books you're reading, or anything like that? <laughs> well, I think I've watched about every war movie Netflix has to offer. So, uh, what are we watching? We, and we just came around to we. I think we just got good internet. Uh, we're like two or three months into having good internet. So we, yeah. uh, but prior to that, we couldn't even stream Netflix very much. <laughs> we're, um, he's, he's definitely been, been watching, you know, anything war or gun related, usually history related is, is what he watches. My son says, what's, what's he say? Uh, he's probably watching war or aliens. Yeah. She don't like <laughs> but no, no, no particular series. I don't think we do yeah. have three kids. So, the time when we choose what's on TV is very limited. <laughs> Thank you for listening. In the next episode, I talk with Brett Kinsey, who is a cattle rancher, army veteran, and president of RCAF. I'll see you next time for another 15 minutes with a farmer. Mm-hmm.